I'm Rip Esselstyn, and you're listening to the Plan Strong Podcast. We at Plan Strong get asked all the time, what supplements should I take? How do I know if I'm in fact deficient in something? And what brand do you recommend? Well, we answer all of those questions and more today in my conversation with a person who is doing it right. He is the founder and the CEO of Compliment, Matt Tullman. He and his team of experts have taken a maniacal and lengthy pursuit to engineer what I believe are the best supplements for plant-based eaters, and they've done the work to validate their innovations by having everything verified with third-party testing. In the Esselstyn family, data is king, and Matt has done a lifetime's worth of research to produce what I think is the perfect complement to a whole food, plant-based lifestyle. Over the years, I have watched a lot of influencers start pitching supplements, and like you, I've rolled my eyes and snubbed my nose, but we all live different lifestyles, we have different goals, and we process foods in our own unique ways. That same research that highlights the power of plants for long-term health also identifies a few key nutrients and omega-3s that, while technically available in plant foods, aren't always consumed in adequate amounts. Take a deep dive with me today, and I think you'll see Matt has done the homework and is 100% aligned with our philosophy at Plant Strong. I was so impressed that I asked Matt to create an exclusive offer for our audience. You can save 30% when you enter the code PLANTSTRONG at their website, lovecompliment.com, and compliment is spelled C-O-M-P-L-E-M-E-N-T or by clicking on the link in our show notes today. As you'll hear Matt stress repeatedly today, supplements are just that. Health starts first and foremost with a whole food, plant-based diet, followed by positive lifestyle interventions like good sleep, movement, and social connections. From there, once you know your numbers, you can start to fill in those gaps that may need a little boost. And I 100% agree with this approach, and I will stand alongside Matt and his team any day. Understanding our wonderful bodies is a lifelong learning process, and I hope that you appreciate this hefty dose of education from Matt Tullman as much as I did. Matt Tullman, what's going on? Hey, Rip. How you doing? Uh, I am doing very, very well. I just went um, up to Connecticut this last weekend for my Irish twin brother's 60th birthday party, and it was a blast. And I got to see, hang out with him and a lot of high school buddies that I haven't seen in years. And it's it's really, it's wild to look at all these people that I haven't seen since they were young cats, and they're now old cats. And it's it's kind of it's kind of hard. It's a hard pill to swallow, Matt. <laughs> well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to age you, but I think you probably look better and certainly bring a certain energy that your friends in high school don't. Is that true? Did you look around and say, like, "God, you guys are 
you guys are old and and because you're not old rip you're i mean uh-huh. i joke that i want to be you when i grow up you know <laughs> well matt what if i said i wish i uh i i had your entrepreneurial uh, spirit and um and guts when i was your age <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a fine line between stupidity and gutsiness right uh, it's like that i'm saying about uh it, you know, brilliance and insanity are, you know, really, really close on that spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I'm actually right now, I'm, I'm listening to Elon Musk uh, by Walter Isaacson. I'm listening to his book on tape and you nailed it. That's what he is like, like insanity and brilliance combined. And what Elon Musk has been able to do with his just kind of never say never. And you say this can't be done. Well, watch me. It's in, it's yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah. I don't want us to get too far off topic, but there's some great lessons there. One of which he always, uh, I haven't read it by the way, I've downloaded it and I plan to listen to it really soon. But yeah. one of the things that comes out in, in his philosophy that you often hear about is like th- this idea that if it's not based in the laws of physics, mm-hmm. right? then it's not impossible, right? The laws of physics are the only limiting factors. And even that he's trying to disprove, right? With his rocket, you know, literally rocket science. But if it's not based in those laws, it's not impossible. And I think that is an incredible mindset. Yeah. Well, he's also one of his mindsets too, is a maniacal, maniacal sense of urgency, right? He wants things done. He wants everything done yesterday and he drives people so hard. But he, you know, he's he's been able to do what people thought was impossible. So speaking of impossible, I want to talk talk about you, Matt, and and what you've been doing. So let's just dive into when did you know? Like at what age did you know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur and wanted to be, you know, going to business? Oof, I still don't know that I want to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> you know, at some point, I actually thought to myself that, you know, I wouldn't wish this upon my kids. I think a lot of people say, you know, I, I want my kids to grow up and be an entrepreneur. And it's like, I, I think there's some sort of defect that has uh, led me to this this occupation. And I don't know that I would want that for, for a loved one. Um, but to answer your question more directly... I, I don't think when I had the opportunity to start working with some folks in venture capital, um, I said yes to that job, uh, which by the way, was an unpaid job. Uh, but I just knew these guys were successful. They had taken an interest in me and, and that was an opportunity that I should take, even though I had no idea what venture capital was and I couldn't spell entrepreneurship. Right. Um, I still, by the way, probably can't spell entrepreneurship. Um, however, I have learned, (laughs) I have learned a little bit about that, the venture ecosystem and and the roles we play, um, as founders and trying to solve problems that otherwise, you know, would not, uh, be solved because maybe they, they, they look intractable. Like we're talking about with Elon Musk, that they, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no incentive structure there for some big business to take on these, these crazy moonshots. And so, um, I had, like I said, the, the great privilege to, to start off um, uh, putting together a venture fund uh, with other people's money. And, and that gave me a great insight into uh, this, this world that looked really fun um, uh, from the outside. And so I started pitching my own ideas. At that time, uh, 
Uh, my first business was in education technology, and we were trying to help K through 12 schools transition from textbooks to a more digital environment for teaching and learning. And uh, we can spend as much time or as little time as you want talking about that. But I don't think it's probably a, unfortunately, even to this day, 15 some odd years later, uh, it's it's probably still unsurprising for people to hear that there's a real disconnect between how people, how kids learn um, and how we operate in the world outside of classrooms. You know, mm. the, the average textbook at that time was seven years old, seven years old. And that may work for the laws of physics or math, right? But in a lot of cases, you had kids learning you know, li- literally the the geography and the politics of the Middle East in the midst of a, a moment when those lines are being redrawn mm-hmm. and those countries are being renamed. And, and it was kind of a silly thing, not to mention the fact that with technology, you can create all of this interactivity. You can really bring a classroom to life in a way that you have kids and teachers understanding where, where am I? Because you have this immediate feedback with testing and if you're moving on in the lesson and, and you're leaving half the class behind, you can get that immediate feedback loop and you can pause and try to address the subject in a different way. And there's all these benefits, obviously, that come with, with technology. So I'll leave it at that. Um, well, happy to, yeah. But before, before you leave that, what was, your, what was your passion that led you down that path to, uh, you know, schools and yeah, you know, uh, antiquated textbooks and this new interactive technology. You know, honestly, it's, it doesn't have anything to do with technology or textbooks. It has to do with education, which I still believe is is sort of a uh, a foundational aspiration that we should all be focused on because I think a, a highly educated population is going to see less of all of the seemingly intractable ills that we face as a society, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it comes to obesity and these metabolic disorders and heart disease and cancer like we face, and we will talk about more today, or if we're talking about bigotry and racism and anti-Semitism and homelessness and poverty and all these different other challenges that are really the root cause of, of a tremendous amount of suffering in our mm-hmm. society. And I just fun, you know fundamentally believe that if we have a much a better educational system, if we have a higher degree of education across the entire population, we're going to solve a lot more problems. We're going we're gonna to treat each other more empathetically. We're going to have less of these health challenges. So for, to, for me, so much of what we do today in, in you know, focusing on health and wellness, uh, as well as back then, it, it just comes down to education. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'm going to hold up my glass of water and say, here's the education, Matt. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, it's what, it's what you and the assistant clan is, has been doing for how many years, right? It's all about education. We can create products that, that make the process easier, hopefully building habits easier, like all of the incredible plant strong foods that you guys create like the supplements and non-food nutrients that we create. But, but those are just, you know, th- those are nice to have. Those are hopefully making people's lives easier. Yeah. The real core is the education. The, mm-hmm. the real, it's the inspiration and it's hopefully the information that we can deliver to people that can change lives. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to get into 
compliment and why you started compliment and what your philosophy is there. But first, I, I want people to understand just a little bit deeper about Matt Tolman and what makes him tick. Because, you know, you and I, we didn't meet that long ago. It might have been, I'm going to say, eight months ago. And what happened is you guys invited me to be part of your Plantapalooza Summit that you guys were throwing, I think it was back in October or November of 2023. And I thought I was going to be interviewed by Matt Frazier. And I was interviewed by you. And, and I had no idea who you were. And after the interview, we ended up talking for a long time about being fellow uh, fellow CEOs of different uh, your company and my company. And it was a really, really, I, I felt, heartfelt conversation. I learned so much more about you and your company, so much so that, you know, you decided that you would come down and you partook in maybe three or four days of our Sedona immersion in, mm -hmm. in October. And so we got to hang out there as well. And so I, I'm just fascinated with, with you, Matt, you, you know, at such a, I would say young age, you seem so precocious. Um, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you now? Are you 34, 35? 35, soon to be 36. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm going to be 60 in a couple of days. Incredible to think that we're almost 25 years apart. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I remember you telling me, because I peppered you with questions. So you went to SMU, right? You went to SMU. What'd you major in, in, in SMU? Political science. Okay. Science. The backstory there briefly yeah. is that I was on the path towards a business degree because I figured that was, you know, had some utility in it. Um, but the classwork, the the coursework, I should say, was so boring in the in the uh, the business school curriculum. It was literally people teaching you how to use Excel, and mm. I was like, "Well, this this seems like a waste of money." And I was paying for college, so. You know, I, I at the same time I was in these elective classes. You know, they want you to have a broad taste. So I just signed up for random things: anthropology, sociology, political science, history. And I was like, "Wow, these these professors are like trying to change the way you think. They're trying to reorganize the way you view the world. They're really investing into these lessons every single day." And and meanwhile, you have this like adjunct professor from you know, who's running a business on the side and just, you know, comes in and teaches you, you yeah. know, this, this Excel script. I'm like, this seems like a waste of time. So for better or worse, I, I uh, majored in political science and international relations, which to this day, I think is a good degree because it helps you see how the world is actually put together, that there are mm -hmm. these people making laws. And, you know, that, <laughs> that I think is a, is a, is a, a an important way to understand the the world we operate in but i've yet to to really find a, a direct use of anything i've learned in college and in my day-to-day -day. well and you and you flew through smu didn't you say you graduated in like two and a half years or something like that i i don't like much of anything that's organized or forced upon me um and i got out of there as, as quickly as i possibly could with a degree in hand um but yeah as quickly as i could and and I've been privileged to to be running organizations for you know fifteen years now. Yeah, yeah. And so, how many different organizations, companies have you been a part of over the last <laughs> couple of years? Three, four. Um, 
Let's see. That's a great question. A lot of them. Uh, we, we've been really blessed to, to participate in a lot of different businesses and different roles, incubating a couple, um, some of the stranger ones, like a, a glass blowing studio and event space, which is still going in Chicago called Ignite Glass Studios. Right. Um, you know, I was able to participate in a, in a tea shop um, called Argo Teas, also still going uh, in a solar company, uh, Socor Energy. Uh, that one was sold to Southern California Edison. Um, but, but the, you know, my, my baby, like I said, where I spent, um, you know, gosh, five years or something, uh, really, really trying to understand and, and fix some of these issues in, in the public education system predominantly, um, was, uh, our, our education technology business. That, that was the one that I really sunk my teeth into. And then, since then, you know, and we can talk about the transition, but I lost a, a loved one um, to heart disease, and I ended up spending uh, 30 days in what would become end-of-life care. Mm. Um, so the the quick backstory is my grandfather was going in to get a peg tube put into his abdomen, um, the epiglottis, a little flap at the back of your throat, which keeps air or food going in the right tube, um, wasn't working for him anymore. He was 85 ish years old 84 years old um and uh, unfortunately you know there's no corrective surgery at that age um you know if you're born with a birth defect that's a that's a really simple thing to go in and fix um but they just decided hey 85 you're on your way out anyway let's mm. just put a tube directly into your stomach and for the rest of your life you'll be fed this solution called tucal right into your abdomen and that was the beginning of me really understanding, you know, food as medicine, food as this thing that is so much more than just the nutrients that you're putting into your body. Mm. Even if you can survive on this sludge directly into your abdomen, food is so much more than that. It, it, is, it is social, right? It, it's familiar, it's, it's habit, it's taste, it's pleasures, right? And, and needless to say, now fast forward 10 years, you know, uh, we also know that food and your microbiome starts in your mouth with the way that your saliva and these enzymes mix with your food. And so, like I say, that was just an eye opener. Um, I immediately knew that a plant-based diet was the solution. We can talk a little bit more about why I thought that was the case. And um, 10 years now, uh, 10 years later, I think almost exactly, uh, yeah. I've, I've been vegan to this day. Right. Yeah. So I, that was going to be my my next question. So, like, why the passion around a vegan slash plant based lifestyle? And um, before you answer that question, um, do you call it vegan? Do you call it plant based? Do you have a, a term that you use? Gosh, Rip, you know, you and I should get on the same page here because I was just debating it with uh, some folks on my team because they used plants predominant, and I was like. <laughs> what is plant predominant? Like how many syllables do we need here? Like we got plant centric, plant forward, plant predominant, like plant based, right? Vegan. Um, so, so I mean, the quick answer to your question, which is a bigger topic, but um, I, I call myself vegan because I believe in the, the ethical lifestyle related to veganism, which centers around, um, you know, a, a life, minimizing harm to other sentient beings. Um, I'm on the board of an animal sanctuary called 
love in arms here in Colorado. And I think once you go down the path, whether it starts off as a motivation based in, um, you know, sustainability and understanding our ecology and our relationship with the, the physical world and how we rely on things like water and soil, that's a wonderful place to start. You know, whether it starts off with animals, that's a wonderful place to start. For me, it started off selfishly. I was just trying to figure out how to survive longer, like how to stay out of the hospital. But once you go down that path and you start pulling on these threads and you start understanding um, what we eat has ripple effects that are far, far greater than just what's on the plate. Um, it became really clear to me that that I didn't want to be a part of that system. And so I call myself vegan because I try to take those those steps to reduce harm Mm. Um, plant-based as I, you know, would, would call it, you know, might not necessarily have that same motivation. You might, you know, eat a, a whole food, largely plant-based diet, but maybe you eat a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And uh, that's not for me to judge. And then down the road, plant-centric, plant-forward, plant-predominant. I have no idea what those things mean, but I'm glad that they're eating some plants. That seems to be a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Leaning leaning into the plants, for sure. Plant lean. I've also heard the plant lean, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, but, but so your grandfather yeah. died. You saw him with this feeding tube, getting this sludge in, um, into his body. And so did you, did somebody talk to you about like yeah, yeah, yeah. All the benefits of plant-based, or like what, who, so when I was, who or what was like the spark that ignited it? Besides you seeing your your sick grandfather. Yeah. Um. So I I had been vegetarian since uh, I think high school or so. I, I have a terrible memory for this stuff, but for a long time, based on an uncle who was given a a cancer diagnosis, a terminal cancer diagnosis. And found some temporary relief in a raw vegan diet. Mm. Um, the quick backstory to that, and I hope it's a as a warning to to everyone, um, is that uh, my uncle went to the doctor and said I have back pain. So the doctor gave him pain meds. Right. Um, you know, three six months later, he goes back and he says, you know, my my eyes hurt, like I've got blurred vision, whatever, and. The doctor says, oh, you just need a stronger prescription for your eyeglasses. Goes back again, three, six months later, goes, look, doc, like I got these headaches, you know? Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, you know, I, maybe let's do a body scan, whatever. And they found that he had um, tumors all over his body. He was in the Vietnam War. He had been exposed to Agent Orange. That's probably a likely, you know, uh, carcinogenic route to um, that uh um, symptomology. And, uh, you know, sadly, um, they said, there's nothing we can really do here, right? I mean, the brain, you know, the, the tumors were in his brain all along his spine, you know, causing obviously the headaches, eye issues, back pain. Um, there's nothing we can do for you. You should get your affairs in order. Um, my aunt and uncle uh, rejected that idea. And they said, no, we're going to fight this thing. You know, so they went and they found remedies that were being talked about, right? And folks that, that you and I now call friends. Um, uh, and, and they decided that, a, you know, essentially a raw vegan diet, in addition to a lot of what 
one would call alternative healing modalities, um, some of which we got to try out as a family kind of in solidarity. We did a lot of this stuff. Like, I mean, he went and had these fish like sucking toxins out of the bottom of your feet. You know, like they, they tried everything, everything that anyone could say, this is how you, you bring the, the body back to a state of healing. Um, and it worked, or it seemed to work. When he was given, uh, you know, two weeks or two months or something, and I, I get some of these facts a little bit wrong. At that time, I was in high school and far away from it, but hearing the stories and and hearing the stories about how he had lived past the prognosis over and over again, just kept living and saw on the scans that these tumors were actually starting to shrink. And so it was giving them tremendous amount of hope. It changed our family's life because, like I say, something clicked for me and I saw ground meat in a very different way at that time. I've never been able to eat a burger since, right? I just went straight to black bean burgers because, like, that just made more sense to me. Far be it for me to say that I was vegan or anything like that at that time. It was not philosophical. I didn't know that stuff. I just knew there is there's something to the way we eat and whether or not, you know, we're thriving, you know, and enjoying this vibrant health or, or something goes wrong. And um, unfortunately, the story with my uncle ends um, tragically because they went uh, one day to the oncologist and said, look, you know, these scans are, are working. You know, what do you say about it now? And, and as I hear the story, um, they said, you know, I don't know anything about that. Um, but what I do know now is that you're a candidate for chemo. Because you're making such great progress with your whole food, plant-based diet. Um, now let's give it the one-two punch. Let's do chemo in addition to the diet. And I think what probably wasn't understood is that he had spent the last six months detoxifying his body, right? Bringing his body into the state of healing. And chemo is one of the most poisonous substances known to man, right? Yeah. And so... He started chemo, um, went into a coma a few days later and, and passed away. Um, and again, I, uh, far be it for me to say that I, I'm one to speak about the, the intricacies of cancer and mm -hmm. the treatments, and it's such an incredibly tough time. But, but the takeaway for me is that you know food is a path to healing, and that was really a, the eye-opener. So fast forward when I was in that hospital with my, with my grandfather, and I realized that there's not a lot that we can do for someone when they're 85 years old and they're suffering from all sorts of, you know, uh, uh, symptoms related to heart disease. Um, but how do we prevent heart disease? And that's when it went back to the China study, for instance, you know, and some of those early books, you know, that we had um, read as a family to, to understand that there, there are options um, and there are remedies to these challenges. And the best one is to prevent them in the first place by <laughs> living this way as early and as often as you can. Amen. Amen to that. So your next, your next great entrepreneurial endeavor would be Compliment, right? You're now the CEO of Compliment. How long has the business been, been going on? Five years? Uh, seven. seven. Seven years. Seven oh. years. Seven years ago, you started Compliment um, with Matt Frazier, if I'm not mistaken. And what, what was the purpose behind starting Compliment? Because everybody loves to hate supplements, right? And yeah. supplements come with a ton 
of, I think, of baggage and skepticism. I know that I, for the most part, my entire life have been very, very skeptical of, yeah. of supplements. And I know there's That's a few. You should be. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that there's be. probably a few, a few that we, we should be taking. Um, but why, why did you decide, all right, you know what, this is going to be my next endeavor supplement, a supplement company. Uh, yeah. I, I want to know. <laughs> the truth is it wasn't. And I'm pulling up my phone cause I got to show you. So, um, cause I had just found this photo for the first time in a long time and it kind of proves it. Um, so I had been a on a very whole food, almost raw diet without supplements, because as you know, a lot of there's a mm-hmm. lot of criticism, and I was I was fully on board with the just eat plants and everything will take care of itself wagon. Um, and about a year and a half, two years into eating that way, um, I had all sorts of weird symptoms. Like I said, I just found this. Those are my those are my fingernails. You can see the skin is peeling as well, and those fingernails do not look healthy, do they? Yeah, well, the one in the middle is okay. The other ones don't look too good. <laughs> You're right. It wasn't all the fingernails, but they were looking pretty rough. They're like peeling off. I also had um, psoriasis on my elbows, knees, armpits, and so I went to the doctor, who of course did these blood tests, and they said di- diagnosed me with rheumatoid-like inflammation. Um, he said that my blood looked like a 65 year old with arthritis. Mm. Um, and it was obviously the vegan diet that I was clearly deficient in certain things. And I needed to eat red meat for the iron, you know, fish for the omegas and probably some other things that he didn't know about. He referred me to a rheumatologist to probably get on some powerful hormone therapies or whatever else that they do to, to, to get inflammation under control. I said, that can't possibly be right. Uh, again, goes back to the whole college thing where I'm just a really pig-headed person. I don't like to be told what to do. Um, and I went back to the literature and I really dug deeper into whether or not the plant-based diet is the healthiest diet, whether or not you can get everything you need on plants. And I came to the conclusion that it absolutely is the healthiest diet for all the reasons that you and I talk about too much. I won't get into them, but high fiber, high water content, high nutrient to calorie ratio, all those reasons. But that doesn't mean that, you know, food is perfect. And it doesn't mean that all of us are perfect every day in what we eat. And so we can get into those details in terms of why one would want to be more careful or, or maybe take some supplemental nutrients as well. For me, I identified um, B12, vitamin D, and omega-3s as like the three things that were probably missing. I started supplementing those. I started testing them. Let me, let me uh, ask you myself. Yeah. Before, before you go, so those three, and do you know, like off the top of your head, like what percentage of America or Americans are deficient in D3, omegas, and, and B12? Vitamin D, there's a what you know one would call a uh, um, a vitamin D epidemic in terms of deficiency. The deficiency you always see the headlines. Right. I don't know the specific numbers as of today. That's a quick Google. Uh, that's something I think it's about sixty five. Sixty five. It ain't good. Um, likewise, B twelve. 
I mean, we supplement our cows, right? We inject cows with B12. You know, we, we fortify milks with B12. It's an incredibly important, it's an essential nutrient, and it is widely not um, consumed sufficiently by any plant eater or carnivore. Um, again, I don't know those numbers right off the top of my head, but I can tell you uh, B12 is also um, uh, high in terms of the, the number of people who are deficient. Omega is tougher because I, I, I think the, the science is not as, um, as hard uh, with omega-3s. There's some debate on how you test it. There's some debate on optimal levels. There's some debate. Um, you know, it's not like uh, the, the, the same. Um, it is an essential nutrient in the sense that we cannot produce it in our bodies. Um, but it is not the same as something like B12, right? Um, in terms of the, the length that folks have gone to demonstrate, if you don't get X or Y as an RDA, you're going to see X or Y down the, the line. I think we'll get there. To me, you know, my read on is if you look at a population like Japan, um, you know, their omega levels are like 10 to 11%, right? If you look at their, their, their blood, you do a, a fat analysis, you do the high spectrum chromoreotography, right? Like, and you actually look at what are the, the fat molecules in their blood they're looking at 10 to 11%. They eat a ton of fish over there. Yeah. They may also be getting a lot of microplastics and you know some some nuclear waste and all the other things that you don't want to get from fish. Um, but they're definitely getting a lot of omegas. And yeah. what you see is a significant cardio and cerebrovascular level of protection. Um, if you look at the US, we're hovering closer to 4 to 5% across the population. And you see a lot of potential for an improvement there relative to what I think we could see. You know, some of the stats that I've seen is that for every, if we could get people to an 8%, that is equivalent to extending your life by five years mm. relative to where you are if you're at an omega-3 index of 4%. Wow. Now, again, they're looking at, you know, it's as you know better than I, you know, nutrition science is not easy, right? There's a, there's a whole lot of conflating variables and looking at people over the course of their whole life, it's hard. But when they abstract as much as they can, they do these meta-analyses, it's pretty clear that if you're in that 8 to 11%, you're at a level that is, is like I say, cardio and tuberovascularly protective, if you're down in the U.S. level of three to four percent, because again, that has nothing to do with plant base. That has everything to do with the fact that you know it's it's not easy to get high quality omega threes. Um, you're not going to get that same level of protection. They've computed that to be a, a potentially five years difference in terms of of uh, uh, lifespan. Mm, mm. Okay. So I interrupted you there. You were saying the three that you were really interested in were the B12, the D, and the omegas. Yeah. So so um, uh, I started supplementing. Long story short, you know, uh, three months later, my my skin and nails started to improve. The psoriasis actually was the thing that that uh, that cleared up fastest. Um, went back to get a blood test. All those markers of inflammation had right sized within six months. My nails are fine, you know, eight years later or something. Oh, they're uh, gorgeous. You yeah. could be, you could yeah. be a model. 
<laughs> and thank God I cut my nails because uh, that sometimes is something I forget. So that would have been really embarrassing if I was showing everybody. But yeah, eight years later, I still get quarterly uh, blood tests. Um, and, you know, everything's great. I'm, I'm probably healthier. I'm certainly fitter than I ever have been in my life. And I attribute it because I've been taking these complementary yeah. nutrients in addition to B12, vitamin D, and these omegas, we've looked at it and really said there are some complicating factors. There's some, some stories that we can tell about why one might want to look at these eight other nutrients, or I should say eight total nutrients, as being a perfect complement to a plant-based diet. And I'll, I'll stop there because I know we, yeah. we, we want to pack a lot into this conversation. I want to get, get in, in the way of your narrative. Well, I love... I love the name compliment. I mean, it's, it's so brilliant. How did you come up with the name compliment? Was it? You know, it just, it just it's, makes sense because the philosophy, right, which you and I both believe in uh, so much is that um, you, vibrant health starts with whole foods. It's always got to be there. And actually, I'm like the worst CEO of a supplement company that you can find because the first thing I tell people is like, Supplement ain't going to save you. We have this this like quick uh, fix uh, culture where it's like, oh, if I just take you know these reishi mushrooms and I combine them with these like incredibly high doses of magnesium and they put it all together and like I'll, you know I'm going to have vibrant health and it's we know that's not to be you know trusted if anyone tells you that right. Supplements ain't going to save you. It starts with whole plants. That needs to be the center of your diet. Is these incredible vibrant little things that have all these nutrients, right? Um, in addition to enzymes and, and prebiotic fiber and, and the water content, like we've talked about, that all matrix in this, this way that we've evolved to, to thrive on. It's got to start with plants. Then after the plants, I would tell people to work on sleep and activity, right? So get your food right, your whole foods right, get your sleep right, get your activities right, Soon after that, it's the other pillars of lifestyle medicine in case people haven't caught on where I'm going with this. You know, it's your social interaction. It's finding purpose and meaning in your daily efforts, right? And if you get all of those pillars dialed mm -hmm. in, right, um, then you probably also want to look at some complementary nutrients because every diet is going to have peaks and valleys in terms of what we're consuming, whether that's because of seasonality like literally the seasons change right we don't notice mm -hmm. that that much anymore you know because we're getting pears from guatemala in the middle of winter but seasonality does affect the nutrient quality of what we're eating you know the way we've changed our soils for the worse yeah. right modern agricultural practices have absolutely decimated the microbial health of our uh soils and so things like B12, right? It doesn't matter if you're eating dirty vegetables, which is, by the way, a terrible uh, uh, approach to getting an incredibly important neurological agent like B12. But hey, if you want to eat your, your dirty vegetables as a path, that still probably doesn't have all of these bacterially derived vitamins and minerals because you know our, our soil is dead. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. have that same, same life. So I could go on and on. We can talk about the specific nutrients, but but the point to answer your question directly is 
Um, complement just makes sense when you look at it in that, in, in that, whatever you want to call it, that system, that matrix of all these different inputs that are required to really find that incredible vibrant health that we're all looking for. It, it has to start with whole foods. And then these are really the complementary things that you can add on once you get the rest of those, those pillars dialed in. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is, as, as I mentioned earlier, in the conversation, you know, we, we met, you were interviewing me for Planet Palooza. And the big irony there is that we, Plant Strong Foods, had just been investigating actually doing some supplementation because we know about the B12, right? How everybody should be supplementing. Even if you're not eating plant-based, you want to be supplementing B12. The fact that 65 plus percent of the population is lower deficient in D, right, uh, is also very important. And then, you know, the omega-3s is just, there's there's so much information around there that to me suggests that maybe as a, as a nice insurance policy, you might want to be supplementing with that DHA and EPA to help because everybody's conversion enzymes from the short chain alpha linolenic acid into these longer chain DHA and EPA is different. So we could be eating the exact same thing, but because of your genetic, right, um, diversity with these with these enzymes, we might not be converting the same. So we started looking, and it's amazing to me. We were looking for co-manufacturers that can make them, and how many are just putting, you know, fillers, crap. What's the capsule? What's the form? And when I after the conversation or after you interviewed me, I started asking you questions. And every answer you had, you'd gone down that path. You'd done the, the serious homework. You'd done your due diligence. And I was absolutely so impressed. And, uh, and so right. the, fact that you, the fact that you guys are doing supplements right, and you don't have a laundry list of 80 different products that you're selling, right? I mean, you've got like a handful of products. Also, to me, lends credibility to the fact that, you know, you guys you, you, there's a certain, there's a certain truth and substance, I think in compliment and what you guys stand for, which, well, which really, which really resonated to me. And then obviously after meeting you and spending time with you, I realized what a, you know, a class act as a human being you were. So, um, I'm, what can I say? I am a fan. I'm a fan of you. I'm a fan of what you and, and Matt and company have done with compliment. And so what I'd love to do, Matt, Let's, I'd love to talk about some of the products that you guys that you guys carry. And I'd love to start. Why don't we start with the complement essential? Because you mentioned earlier the, the, the eight different kind of um, things that, that people should be getting. So what's, yeah. what, what is the complement essentials all about? Well, let me, first of all, thank you for the kind words. And let me uh, start by commenting on a couple of things you brought up, which is, yeah. you know, uh, earlier in the conversation, you talked about how supplements have a bad rap. And I said, that's, that they should, right. And, and people should be um, hesitant uh, and, and not necessarily um, quickly to trust, uh, you know, the manufacturers of, of certain supplements. Um because in doing this for this many years, I could tell you some some really scary stories about what people are willing to do because mm. um, they just you know lack that ethical clarity. 
And, and that's why I always joke that, you know, it's not the USDA standards, the FDA standards, the organic standards. Like, you know, we, we look at those and say, okay, let's go past those, right? Let's, let's look at what am I willing to give to my growing children or my wife through four pregnancies, which is like yeah. the height of, you know, nutritional intensity. And that's truly, I mean, we've joked, but it's been a, a, a true sort of mainstay in our conversations from the very beginning when Matt Frazier and I got together and, and launched Compliment and said, you know, it's got to be good enough for our families, right? And because we wouldn't give our kids like a bunch of fillers and excipients and all this stuff. We wouldn't, we wouldn't play around with these numbers as some other manufacturers might do. We, we wouldn't do these proprietary blends, which allow us to hide what is actually in mm-hmm. this product if we're giving it to our families, right? And so I just say that because that's, that's really the North Star for us. And it's the, the highest threshold that we have to meet to feel good about what is put out there and, and happy to share some of those horror stories about other manufacturers, but I'll just, I'll, I'll wrap up that part by saying, you know, I, uh, you called out that we don't sell a bunch of random stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't. Mm-hmm. In fact, we've been very careful. We only sell whatever it is, five products because we truly believe that those are what is complementary to a plant-based diet. And it's kind of crazy when you look at, some of these copycat competitors that we have and they're selling like vegan vitamin C. It's like, look, man, eat an orange. All right. Mm-hmm. Like it's got a ton of vegan vitamin C and I'm pretty sure all vitamin C is vegan. Like this yeah. is just like you trying to take advantage of people and we're never going to go down that route. That's just not where we are focused for us. It's about how do we create products that really align with our values and do something special and unique for the plant-based community. Well, and I and I love that you are so singularly kind of focused on that niche, right? The plant-based community. Because to me, you're you're, you're kind of in some ways leaving a, a <laughs> leaving a lot of business uh off the table by by having that be your messaging when you probably have some of the best forms of, you know, the best B12 and D and omega-3s on the market. So I think that, you know, <laughs> This should be pushed out beyond just the plant based. But to me, what it signifies to me is, and you guys talk about this on your website, when you thrive on your plant based diet, the whole plant based movement thrives. And that to me, to me, again, is is a nice indicator of where you guys are coming from. Right. What what and 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 that you truly want the plant based movement to like to thrive because it is. It's so vitally important to humankind. Yeah, exactly. We, uh, you know, the reason we don't have any interest, uh, I shouldn't say we don't have any interest in serving others, but we have a focus on serving the plant-based community because that is our mission, right? It it is to, to fix these, uh, you know, epidemics of ill health, the many of which you and I both know 88% of people are metabolically unfit. We know the solution and it's not supplements, Right, it's it's whole food and plant based eating. That's that's where we have to go, and it's just as you said. You know, how many times have you been in a conversation with somebody and they say, um, "Oh, I used to be vegan, or I tried being vegan, but just didn't work." Right? Like, there are far more people who used to be vegan than there are people who are currently vegan. 
<laughs> and that's a real problem if we care about this movement and we want to grow this community. And that's what we're so focused about is how do we ensure that when someone goes to the doctor's office, like I did, and the doctor says, your vegan diet is the problem. How do we equip them going back to education with the, the intellectual tools to fight back and say, you know what? No, no, my, my vegan diet is great. You know, I've got the fiber and the water and the, the nutrient to calorie ratio and all these different things are dialed in. And by the way, I've got B12 and D3 and K2 and selenium and iodine in this, in this, in this supplement. I'm good. What are you talking about, doc? Right. Mm -hmm. And if we can have those conversations, you're going to see a lot of people, you know, stay the course with their plant-based diet. And of course, by the way, I use the doctor's office because it is such a, an emotionally charged place for a lot of people. And the doctor is a, is a highly influential role in our, in our society and in our individual lives. But, but let's go back to the beginning, right? The idea is how do we prevent deficiencies? How do we prevent any sort of symptoms that may lead you to that doctor's office? How do we ensure that you feel really, really good? One of, one of our friends, um, uh, uh, she goes by plantable plantiful Kiki. So I'll just say that. Um, yeah. And she's, she's, been, on, she's been on the Kiki. podcast. Yeah. Kiki is a wonderful, wonderful woman. Her and Jeremy have uh, such a beautiful family. And she tells this story about one day that Jeremy, you know, standing uh, behind her said, Kiki, I think you have a bald spot, you know? And we had zero relationship with Kiki at this time. She found compliments. She started taking it. I don't know how long, she took it before she regrew her hair and it, you know, now she is like the number one promoter. And again, we didn't find her. We didn't send her any compliment. We didn't pay her to say that yeah, she's yeah. out there promoting us. And it's just like, that is exactly the story that yeah. we want to see, right? Is that people are just, they're, they're fixing issues, right? They're, they're thriving on this plant-based diet and then they're going to stay the course because of that. So um, tell me, I'm happy to go, you know, talk about specific nutrients. I don't want to be too yeah. long-winded here. No, I, I'd love actually to talk about some of your products that you have. Like, let's start with the B12. Yeah, uh, I should say your, your triple B12, which is it's a multi-form um, vitamin B12. So why, why multi-form and why is that better? And, you know, truth be told, I've got some of your B12 in my pantry and it's a spray, right? Mm -hmm. Every, everything else I've ever used, because B12 is something that I don't mess around with. Everything else, is, I just been taking a pill form. But you guys have your spray. And so why the spray and why multi-form? So the spray is easy. Sublingual absorption, as in through the mouth, under the tongue, is the best way to get that B12 in your body. If it has to go in the in your gut and work its way out right through mm -hmm. the absorption pathways there um it's not going to become as bioavailable so spray works for that reason secondly if you have kids super convenient but it was really because you know and i use that with my kids um but it's really because of uh the sublingual absorption mm. is better we have three forms in there methylcobalamin adenosylcobalamin and hydroxycobalamin and how, and how long did it take you to say those three words? I still, I still, I, I still can't say, say those three words. <laughs> Do, Doka hexa, Doka hexa 
acid dha oh, i still yeah. can't say dha or epa i've just <laughs> I, I i will always default to dha and epa those two yeah. ones i cannot yeah. i will never get um doxa doxa hexaconoid anyway um yeah. Yeah. so so first of all that's why it's sublingual we chose those three forms because um one is a coenzyme of b12 and that's the hydroxycobalamin and that one is particularly good because it has a long half-life. It stays in your body for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. Methylcobalamin is actually the most bioavailable. It's the easiest of, uh, absorbed. And then adenocobalamin um, equally together has been shown to increase the bioavailability of all three. So in a clinical study setting, you might see a lot of the hydroxycobalamin. It's getting into a tongue twister here. Yeah. Um, but what they've proven is that all three of them combined is actually the best way to move the needle in terms of the getting the B12 into your circulatory system and into the cells where we want it. Mm. And by the way, just to double down, I know you've recently been talking to uh, um, Lori Marbus about uh, these important uh, micronutrients, yeah. but the B12, like whether you buy it from us or buy it from somebody else, like, that is one that I mean, if if you care about you know What's your it? nervous system, it's a non-negotiable. Yeah. That's a non-negotiable, absolutely. Exactly, and there are some people still to this day in the plant-based community, some that you and I know and love and respect, um, who still aren't quite there for everybody. Mm-hmm. They say that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And mm-hmm. It's like I, I just think it really undermines um, the message, right? Where where we should we should speak with clarity that there are certain things that. And again, it's not a plant-based thing. It's just a function of like, this is a bacteria that we don't, you know, or I should say a bacterially derived vitamin and there is no good source in the human food system today. Absolutely. Well, what's interesting is um, I've got a brother that just got tested. He had his whole blood work done and his B12 came back and it was 275. So he was flagged for being low. And, you know, the last time that I had mine checked, I was 950, right? So I was, I was pushing, you know, right around a thousand in the range, if I'm not mistaken, is like 200 to like 1200 ish, 13, yeah. 1400. Um, I'm going to be over 500. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So, and I asked him and he just said that he hasn't been great about, you know, taking his B12 on a daily basis. Yeah. And, um, and obviously he doesn't, you know, probably doesn't need enough red star nutritional yeast or enough of the fortified, um, plant-based milks that are out there. So, yeah. 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 So he, he needs, oh, he needs I, some of the triple, the triple B12 baby. Well, we can send him some for sure. Give me his address. Um, the, I'll just quickly, you know, I use this analogy of a house plant sometimes when I think about nutrients and it's helped me a lot to, you know, kind of for my own commitment, both to high quality whole foods, I always like to come back to mm-hmm. that, as well as why you should take, you know, other nutrients every single day. And, and if you think about a houseplant, you would never go 15, 20 days without putting water in a houseplant. It's going to start to wilt, right? That like, And then you dump three gallons of water on top of it, right? And then you go another three or four weeks without feeding it, that's not an optimal way to, to give, you know, these, the, the plant, the, the nutrient it needs, right. The, the, the H2O. 
It's the same for our bodies, right? Our bodies every single day are, are putting a tremendous amount of work into this incredible orchestra, these systems to keep us thinking and moving and sleeping and doing all these things. Like you don't want to go two or three weeks without any of these nutrients and then just like try to take a bunch, right? And eat really well for three days and then go another three weeks where you're on a standard American diet. That's not, right? We all know this intuitively, but somehow if I think about it, um, uh, as a parallel with a house plant, right? Like, like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, you know, three gallons of water once a month is not the same as eight ounces every other day, right? So give give your body that little drip of high quality nutrients. Again, first in the form of whole plant foods, but maybe in terms of you know non food nutrients as well, if if you determine that you need those, yeah. Uh, so you've also got another product called Complement Essentials, and that's a combination of eight, eight different, yeah. uh, I guess you call essential vitamins and minerals. Yep. What, uh, what are the eight and why do you specifically have those eight in that formula? Uh, yeah, so we've talked about a number of them. Again, you know, the, the core three that I like to point to is B12, vitamin D, and uh, omega-3s, DHA, and EPA. In addition to those, we have iodine, magnesium, selenium, zinc, and I think that's their name. And K2. <laughs> and K2. Thank you. K2. I knew I missed one. Um, it's a lot to remember. And, uh, uh, and each one of them, we looked really closely at all of the uh, essential vitamins and minerals, uh, worked with some PhDs, some MDs, some RDs, and said, if you're eating a diverse plant-based diet, what are you getting plenty of yeah. and what are you getting that, you know, maybe, or, you know, a little of, or maybe you're getting none of, right. And we really thought hard about, and every one of those eight had to really fight their way onto that list. And we can talk about the specific ones. We've already mentioned B12. We've already yeah. mentioned vitamin D, which again has nothing to do with a, a plant-based diet. Um, you know, uh, cow's meat and dairy milk are fortified with vitamin D because we have an epidemic in this country. It largely has to do with the fact that vitamin D is synthesized on your skin. Yeah. So if you wear clothing or if you live in a box or if you drive in a box, right. And you eat at restaurants in a box, right. Like, you know, if you're not exposing a good amount of your skin to the sun on a daily basis, you're going to be, you know, on the lower end of that, that vitamin D spectrum. By the way, fun fact, uh, you actually synthesize the vitamin D on your skin. So if you go to the beach and, and then immediately after you jump in the ocean or you, you take a shower, you can actually wash off some of that vitamin D before it gets reabsorbed into your system. Mm. Um, I will also point out that vitamin D is fat-soluble. It's not water-soluble. So unlike B12, you do want to be careful about the upper tolerance limits because you can have... Um, you know, a, a toxicity to vitamin D. You cannot have too much vitamin D from the sun. There may be skin cancer is concerned, but life's about trade-offs. So you'll, you'll never overdose by being in the sun. You know, your body has that, that reabsorption mechanism to protect yourself. Um, but taking 10, 20,000 IU a day, um, you know, can certainly uh, over time build up in your fat stores and, and create a, a toxicity. Mm. Um, Really briefly, I'll just call out some of the other ones that, that I, uh, I think are, are lesser known. Um, we've talked a little bit about the, the long-chain fatty acids, the omega-3s, DHA, and EPA. 
I'm so passionate about that one. We talked about the percentages and how low we find uh, folks in the U.S. might be. But I also think that within the plant-based population, there's a lot of um, misinformation. And again, it comes back to this like distaste that we have for for any non-food nutrient source, otherwise known as supplements. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it comes down to, oh, well, I, I, I use flax oil or I eat walnuts, right? Or, I, I, you know, I have hemp seeds, right? And and it's true that those are a great source of an omega-3 called alpha-linoic acid, ALA, an easier to pronounce cousin of DHA and EPA. Yeah, yeah. But, a- but, but the reality is, is about maybe one out of every four people actually have the genetic disposition, as you were referencing earlier, to convert internally ALA to DHA and EPA. And that conversion process is very, very inefficient. So if you believe that you need a thousand milligrams of uh, DHA and EPA every day, and I think you might even need more than that, but to each their own, um, you would have to eat so much in terms of ALA mm-hmm. and to convert that over to DHA to EPA to get to that level. It's, it's mathematically impossible to get there. And that is, by the way, if you are one of the genetic converters, if you happen to have the genetic yeah. capability to make that conversion. So don't run the risk of, of having a, a teaspoon of flax oil in your salad, um, you know, and say, that's where I'm going to get my ALA or, or a handful of, of walnuts. You're not going to get the cerebro and cardiovascular benefits, uh, let alone the protections that you can get from, from you know, an algae-based uh, DHA and EPA. And, and I emphasize the algae because, you know, for instance, for us, our algae is grown in sustainable ponds. Right, so we reuse the water. The inputs are salt, uh, the sun, right, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, and water. We grow this algae. We drain the ponds. We reuse that water. We dry the algae. We we suck all the the fatty acids out of it, right? And so it doesn't have any of the microplastic. It doesn't have any of the toxic sludge or or the nuclear waste that might be in our oceans, which. You know, depending on the, the the brand, if you were to take a fish oil, you might be be worried about. So again, find a high quality algae based omega. It's it's really simple. We actually, because of what I said before, you know, have a separate product which is called Omega Complex. And there again, like the B twelve we looked at, what is the optimal combination of omega threes that we can put together to to give people that boost if they decide you know, that complement essential, which is our multivitamin. Mm-hmm. It's a really minimalistic approach. It's supposed to be an insurance policy. It's not these mega doses like right. a multivitamin. So for those who want a little bit more, uh, we have the Omega Complex. And again, um, that's DHA, EPA. It also has ALA from flax, as well as stereodonic acid, which is SDA. And again, we looked at the the, the clinical literature and said, this is the best combination to, to really get that... Uh, that number up and um, you know, it's about a thousand milligrams of omegas, of course, all, all plant-based sources. Well, <clears throat> it's incredible to me, Matt, how, how knowledgeable you have become in this field uh, <laughs> and you, in your, in your breath. I recently had Dr. Joel Furman on the plant strong podcast and in reading his book, his latest book, um, 
Eat for Life, not Eat to Live, because Eat to Live was the one that he wrote back in 2001, 2002 that's sold millions of copies. But this is his most recent one, Eat Eat for Life. He mentions how, you know, he's been seeing patients since the 1990, I think he said 1995. So a long, long time. And his specific specialty is nutrition, right? That's why he went to medical school. Like he wants to specialize in nutrition. And he was telling me how he has seen so many people. And one of the major issues that he sees is people getting adequate DHA levels. And he said, how adequate DH levels can prevent these amyloid, uh, the amyloid accumulation that we get in our brain that can accelerate uh, Alzheimer's and dementia. And then he also talked about how also a lack of DHA can cause brain shrinkage. What a crazy, scary term that is, specifically around, <laughs> especially specifically around the hippocampus. Um, and so that's that's something that none of us wants. And so to me. You know, I've kind of, I've kind of done a bit of a reversal based upon the science and talking to people that I that I really believe in and trust. And the omega threes, I'm like, all right, I want to take that a little bit of insurance policy to know that I'm not getting the brain shrinkage and you know inducing any uh, amyloid accumulation in my brain. Uh, so um, yeah. So yeah. again, so and I and I did this. I started doing this before you and I met. So it was just coincidence yeah. that we met. And I, and I got to see again, the, the degree to which you and your company are so passionate about bringing these products to people that are plant-based and wanting everybody to be able to thrive. Um, so yeah. I think, I think you did a great job. They're talking about, you know, the, the omega threes. Uh, I, I would like to ask you, is there anything you wanted to say about what I just said or or not. You know, the, the beta amyloid plaques in your brain is certainly something that I think all of us worry about. And I, I'm glad you bring it back to omega-3s. You're right. Uh, DHA in particular. I mean, I've got uh, four growing brains in my house. And I think <laughs> about DHA a ton. I don't remember the actual number, but by weight, if you look at a brain, by weight, it is composed of a very high percentage of DHA. And yeah. that goes to the brain shrinkage, right? It's something like, I think it might be as much as 12% of your brain is, is actually made out of these fatty acids. So it's right. an incredible thing and we shouldn't take it, take it for granted. But I always like to be the, like I said, it's like the worst supplement CEO I could be, right? Because, you know, the other great way to prevent beta amyloid plaques, sleep. You know, when, when you sleep, there's actually a fluid that goes a wa you know, it washes your brain like, and it sweeps out this beta amyloid plaque. And I always think about that, like when I'm going to bed and when I'm not getting enough sleep, and I think about like that, that visual, like watering the plant and getting those nutrients every day, like somehow that visual of like, I'm, I'm washing out this, this, this stuff and, and making sure that all my white matter and gray matter is pristine and clean and preventing all that that uh that dementia um it's really important so yeah well, take your omegas but also get your sleep yeah and another thing is somebody very very close to me that also follows a whole food plant-based diet had a blood panel done and their omega-3s were 3.5 percent and we talked about where you want your percentages to be and so to me and, and it's not a, to me a matter of this person wasn't eating enough green leafies because they're eating four to six servings of green leafies a day. They're doing two big tablespoons of ground flaxseed meal. 
on their cereal or in their salads. They're doing the, you know, a handful of walnuts a day. So to me, I'm like, well, maybe it's a fact. It's a fact. It's a genetic um, thing there where they just don't have the conversion enzymes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, something like that. So again, all coming back to um, the, to me, the importance of also knowing your numbers, right? I mean, let's, let's know your numbers. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I know that's something that you guys are working on as well. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> so the, the, the story I like to tell here uh, to emphasize is, is like, it's kind of crazy that the status quo is for you and I both to walk into Whole Foods and see 13 or 14 different multivitamins. And they all are essentially the same because they're all just putting every essential uh, vitamin and mineral into that bottle um, based on the recommended daily allowance or, or recommended daily intake, you know, that comes from um, the, the USDA, right? It's kind of crazy that we imagine that what you would pick out is the same as what I need, right? And that the, the maximum level of customization is like man, woman, you know, mm-hmm. old, medium, or young. Like seriously, like that, that, that's where we're at as a society. It's like that's not the best way to, to understand this incredibly important dimension of your health. And so with that in mind, we've developed a system called Insight um, where you can use a a finger prick um, and then get a consultation with a registered dietitian and then get a custom pill pack, which I actually just took mine. So that was poor planning. I always have like a half a pill pack laying around. My wife hates it. Um, But the point is that in in each one of those is exactly what you need. For me, I actually take um, some additional B vitamins, alpha lipoic acid, um, extra vitamin D, more omegas, and complement essential. And that's just because for, for me, I've been low in vitamin D. I live in Colorado. It's really cold outside. I wear a lot of clothing and I don't, you know, just bake my face in the sun um, every single day in the winter. So I need a little bit more vitamin D. I have high homocysteine because of a genetic snippet. Alpha lipoic acid has helped me bring my homocysteine level down, which is part of our our blood testing regime. Um, That homocysteine can contribute to atherosclerosis and therefore heart disease. So I want to bring that down. I've seen that come down with a combination of B vitamins and alpha lipoic acid. And so when you think about the potential that we have to understand our numbers, like you're suggesting, um, and then to take these really simple steps to totally change the trajectory of our health, it's a no-brainer. And, and, and again, I'm the first one to say, like, if you're comfortable going to your doctor mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and telling them, hey, I eat a vegan diet. I want to get a ferritin panel that measures iron. I want you to test methylmalonic acid That is a long-term marker for B12 status. Uh, You know, I want to understand my omega uh, status, right? I I want to um, get tested for all of these lipid panels, right? And anything else that they, uh, of course, suggest, um, do that, right? And, and then call us up and we, we can, we can help you out with whatever nutrients you need or go to Amazon. But, but I really do encourage people to, to do that testing because it is so easy. It really is. Sometimes it's expensive. You do go to the doctor's office. We've tried to provide this at home solution. That's a, a heck of a lot 
cheaper, um, get tested. It's, it's really, really important. It's so easy. And you just know where you're at. And then you can make informed decisions about, you know, what, what nutrients you might need. Because like I say, we all have these peaks and valleys. You know, Rip, when you and I got to spend that time in Sedona, um, yeah. quick uh, un- unsolicited endorsement for anyone who wants to change their life to, to go to one of your plant strong retreats. Because man, that is so powerful just to be around those people with that energy. I was come, I came home in a totally different mindset. And to this day, whatever it's been, three months later, I, I am still uh, way, way more whole foods than I, than I was in the years prior. I definitely had lost, you know, a little bit of that. Things yeah. happen when you have a bunch of little ones in the house. Right. Um, and, uh, and so it's a life, life-changing event. Um, but anyway, getting back to, you know, you probably eat a lot more kale than almost anyone in the world does. Right. <laughs> so like, and so you're getting, you know, a certain set of nutrients because you eat a lot of kale, right? Somebody else who eats a lot of spinach, mm. you know, might be getting a lot more folate, right? And they do handfuls of spinach in that smoothie. And so it's just understanding, you know, what are the nutrients you're getting? And then how do you complement those nutrients with, with what you might need from a non-food source? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, is there anything that you guys are working on right now? Any, any new products that you're going to add to the repertoire or you guys, you guys like feel like you're done? Are you always researching and looking for new stuff? Um, there are a couple of things that we have added carefully um, because there are uh, folks out there that want these less commonly consumed plant-based foods, right? They're not, they're not those complements that we've been talking about, right? Mm-hmm. You, you can get them. Um, but people are out there buying them for convenience, by way of example. Uh, things like we have a daily greens product, which has chlorella and moringa and uh, gluten-free barley, um, barley grass, I should say, uh, you know, broccoli sprouts, right? Um, th- those are incredible superfoods if you if you want to use those names. I mean, they like in, in a teaspoon of this stuff, and it's just ground, you know, chlorella, right? It's ground moringa. Mm. Um, and, and you can get as much vitamin A, you know, and, uh, in like, um, one teaspoon as you, you would in like, a two cups of broccoli. Mm. And, and these are not fortified, right? These are naturally occurring vitamin A that comes from these incredible greens. But how many of us are actually getting barley grass and moringa or chlorella or broccoli sprouts? Um, broccoli sprouts, by the way, I always try to eat because of the sulforaphane. Yeah. which, you know, we hear all these things about sulforaphane maybe being a, an anti-cancer, you know, but, but how many of us actually eat broccoli sprouts every single day, right? And so we wanted to provide a convenient way for people who are already looking for these things to know this is third-party tested, you know, that we, we do everything we can to, to uh, reduce the levels of, of lead and other heavy metals, right? Like, we really try to be uh, uh, sensitive to what is what is wrong with these other products in the world, um, and then how do we do it ten times better, including down to you know the packaging, which all of our packaging is uh, is compostable. We never use plastic, um, even the packing peanuts. You know those little peanuts that get everywhere where you open the package. Uh, they're pretty. They're pretty big. 
Um, those are actually, they will melt in water and you can drink them. They are derived from potato. Um, I, I, potato I peanuts. Admit, uh, <laughs> someone on our team actually did it. It was brave of them, but I, I stand by, um, you know, like I say, we go the, the lengths to use even our cardboard boxes, right? Our post-consumer recycled oh, wow. materials. So, um, we really feel, you know, proud about that. Um, the last one I'll say is, is, is uh, we do have a protein product um, there too. We don't believe that most people need supplemental protein. I'll, I'll again put on my hat as like the the worst uh, uh, supplement company CEO. Um, you get plenty of protein from things like greens, but let alone tempeh, tofu, beans. That's where I yeah. get most of my protein from. Um, however, a lot of people like supplemental protein, including me. Right. And that one in particular was so, I think, criminal when you look at what people do, not to mention the fact that it all comes in these big half empty plastic tubs that end up, you know, decomposing for 30,000 millennia. (laughs) We're going to have more plastic tubs from protein power than anything else on earth at some point. Um, But we really wanted to address something where if you put proprietary blend on ingredient list, you can pretty much um, uh, mislead the consumer in, in what I think are just really unethical ways. And so what we did, it was the exact opposite. And we put on the front of the package, the actual percentages mm. of each of the ingredients that we put in there. Because for us, what we found, and I believe to be the case, is that most plant-based protein powders are 99% pea protein. Mm. That's because it's an extremely cheap and it's an extremely dense uh, plant-based protein. And we use a lot of pea protein as well. But you don't want 99% pea protein. You want a diverse uh, complexion of, uh, or I should say combination of uh, amino acids, because that's how our bodies work by building up these amino acids. And so we built a complete set of plant-based amino acids by including almonds, pumpkin seeds, chia seeds, sunflower seeds, in addition to pea protein. And on the front of the package, you can actually see there's 12% almond in there. There's 14% pumpkin seeds. There's 6% mm. chia seeds. And so we really stand by that. I could go on and on for why I think that truly is a, a product that's 10 times better than what you would find out there. Uh, in addition to the fact that there's no sweetener. There's, there's no flavoring. There's no artificial or natural flavors. Nothing like that. What about what's um, in the chocolate? What gives the chocolate the chocolatey flavor? The, the chocolate does have organic flavoring. I, I'm talking about the, oh. the, un, the unflavored one where this, this product started is the cleanest thing that you will ever find. It is truly just, you know, the, these, these uh, protein sources in a bag. And so for those of us who believe you should flavor your smoothie with fruits, you know, yeah. um, at most a, a ripe banana, that's all the sugar you need. We did, as I was going to say, then add on a a chocolate version of that. It's still, I think, cleaner than anything you're going to find out there, but you will see a little bit of of sweetener and, uh, and like I say, organic flavors. That way you can enjoy it. Well, we, um, I know you guys claim to have the world's cleanest uh, protein powder. I want you to know that we claim to have the world's cleanest pancake and waffle mixes. So, you know, one of the things that my son does, my son's 16 and he's convinced that he needs more protein. And so he takes his protein powder and he combines it 
with our pancake pancake mix. Yeah. And man, it is like <laughs> lights out good and delicious. Um, oh, by the way, so my that is what I've been doing with complement protein and the plant strong pancake mix. Yeah. Um, every Saturday or Sunday morning, depends. Uh, is always papa pancakes, and I that is our tradition. I know it's the same for you, I believe, on Saturdays. Um, and I've uh, we we used to uh, gosh, what, what were we using before? Maybe it's a vegan version of like the birch benders. Um, Anyway, I don't remember what it was, but we have switched over to uh, the Plantron pancake mix, which is awesome. The gluten-free one for my wife, by the way, mm. super fluffy. And then sometimes, not always, because it's great on its own, but sometimes I'll add in the extra extra protein, and uh, it's it's yummy. The protein gives it like a a dense like scone mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. Uh, type uh, consistency. Um, consistency, yeah. yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you also you also have a gut a gut product. Yeah. Oh. So there's a theme here. There's a theme here. And thank you for the opportunity to to share all these details with your community. Well, um, I, listen, absolutely. And I want you to know it's my privilege because I I just I, I you know it's funny how um, now that I have a food company, I I, I look at things a little bit. A little bit differently, and I have so much admiration for what for what you have, for what you've done, what you've launched. You know, as I've said five times already, the due diligence that you've put into this, everything from all the ingredients and your transparency, and the fact that you're third party tested, and the fact that everything is so your packaging, your peanuts, your your potato peanuts, everything is so environmentally friendly. So you really. You know, Matt, you guys, you walk the walk when it comes to sustainability and being, in my opinion, plant strong. And so I'm a, I'm a huge fan of you and oh. what you guys are doing. So, oh. yeah. Well, that goes, that goes a long ways. You know, I was, I was talking to um, my wife. By the way, those third-party test results are also available on our website. So if you want to go on there and see that it's past, you know, E. coli and, and salmonella and other pathogens, but also, you know, where it meets in terms of other standards, you, you, you deserve that information. Mm. Um, and so we're, we're really proud to have those right on any of our, any of the products pages as you're, as you're checking them out. So, um, but thank you. It goes, you know, it, it means a lot. Um, I'll just really quickly say you, you brought up gut nurture. Um, mm-hmm. There again was one where, we just looked around and said, like, all these people are wasting so much money on these probiotics and kombuchas. And, you know, and, and we, uh, again, kind of starting off with that, that place of education, decided, what do we really want to tell? the Like, what's the story that needs to be told here? And, and it's one that says, um, actually, probiotics are probably the worst thing you should add to a, a gut that maybe experienced some sort of dysbiosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and the beautiful analogy that was given to me is like, imagine your gut is this city and it's got all these inhabitants, right? It's got the virum and the bile and the bacteria and the, you know, just uh, tons. I mean, far be it for me to be the, the GI expert, but there's trillions of inhabitants of all sorts in your gut, right? Um, and imagine that's a city. 
And the city is actually really poorly managed. It's breaking down. There's no transportation systems, right? There's no police officers. The fire department's been disbanded, right? Like the city is in disarray. But you have all these trillions of of people, these little things, you know, the DNA of which outnumbers the DNA of our human body, right? Yeah. They're in there. And so your solution is probiotics, which is more bacteria. Mm. You're adding more inhabitants to an already totally messed up city. That's not the way to do it. Instead, you gotta you gotta rebuild that city from the ground up. You gotta nurture the inhabitants and the systems and the absorption pathways and the coenzymes and the digestive, you know, uh, agents and everything else that goes towards a, a properly functioning microbiota, right? Mm-hmm. The symbiosis that we enjoy with all of these friendly inhabitants. And so when we looked at it, we said, we're going to create a probiotic, but it's not going to have probiotics in it. Right? It's going to be in that. What we really want to do is nurture the gut. And so we put um, fermented um, fermented vitamins, uh, these like molly B denim and, and uh, B vitamins, um, ginger, which we all know to, to help soothe uh, the gut, and then postbiotics. So the way to think about it is prebiotics are the fiber that your gut uh, bacteria feasts on. Um, by the way, if you have a very low uh, fiber diet, um, they'll turn inwardly and start to eat away at, at the lining of your gut, um, which can lead to gut leaky gut syndrome. Once again, a you know <laughs> an important reason why we need more fiber in our diet, um, which of course only comes from plants. Um, but prebiotics are like the, the the fiber fuel, right? Probiotics are the bacteria that eats that fiber, and then they excrete a number of these vitamins and other important uh, enzymes, uh, which are the postbiotics, right? And so what we did was, like I said, include the prebiotic uh, uh, fiber, um, the fermented vitamins, as well as the uh, postbiotic endpoints that then we believe will nurture, uh, in, you know, which we developed with a uh, uh, two incredible RDs who are, GI specialists, um, and they've been using this this cocktail with their patients for years um, to really great results. So we we wanted to, mm. to try to make it easier for their community, um, but most importantly, bring the story that emphasizes that you shouldn't just add you know sauerkraut and kimchi and kombucha and all these and and take a probiotic. Most of those probiotics, by the way, are dead. Mm-hmm. on arrival <laughs> like, it says like you know 56 trillion bacteria and it's like why do we think that's a good idea to add 56 trillion bacteria to your gut in a single go like it mm-hmm. has it's completely disconnected with anything that you might imagine we'd find in nature but anyway so for us it's all about how do we nurture the gut so that we can take care of those inhabitants and then obviously add on new bacterial strains which we get in plenty if we're eating a, a diverse set of of uh, of raw fruits and vegetables. Yeah. How long is how long have you had that product available? It's relatively new. It's relatively mm-hmm. new. Just uh, maybe maybe a year or so. Well, you know, if fiber is the the main calling card that helps create a, a healthy microbiome and gut. You know, what's the the stats that I've heard are 96% of Americans aren't getting enough fiber, 
right? The RDA, yeah. which is roughly, I think, 28 uh, grams of fiber. So, um, yeah, I think it's just ridiculous. <laughs> um, and the number one, and the number one gastrointestinal issue that we are facing as a country is constipation. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah. so it's just, it's, it's nutty to me. And it all, it all comes back to the main pillar that you and I have been talking about here today, which is, you know, everything starts with a whole food plant-based, you know, dietary pattern. And then from there, let's, let's spread our wings and get the sleep and the socialization and the, the movement and the exercise. And then like you have said, and the reason you've started your company, let's fill in, fill in, fill in any potential cracks here, get some testing done. Let's see where we are and then fill in the cracks, uh, as a nice little insurance policy. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't say it better myself. And, you know, you brought up the fiber deficit in, in the standard American diet. I mean, man, that, it, that, that, that bears repeating. And that's why, you know, our obsession with protein, I think is, yeah. I mean, just, just crazy, right? Like we should all be really focused on, on fiber. And the worst part, as you just said, with the constipation, like um, I recently uh, had a friend, not a plant-based person. She was asking me about our products and all that stuff. And she's like, yeah, I went to a dietitian, and, you know, she, uh, she, she told me to take Metamucil obviously for the constipation um, and the probiotic to like get the gut going better. And I'm like, okay. You know, and I had to start back at the beginning of my gut nurture. Yeah. It's like, look, you got this city. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah, it's like, but you know, unfortunately, people don't realize that, like, you know, the best thing that you could do for your gut is eat a really big salad, like yeah. the kind of salad that has, you know, the beans and the broccoli and all this stuff in there. Like, I guarantee it'll cure any constipation. If you add some ground flax seeds, I yeah. can guarantee you that you will not have a constipation issue. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So, Matt, anything. The exciting you have today besides, you know, working on compliment and taking care of your, your four kids. <laughs> uh, Rip, um, thank you for, for having such a rich conversation uh, about these things. You know, as we talked about, it can be so overdramatized, so controversial, so religious in nature when it comes to conversations that should otherwise really just come down to the science. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I hope I've, uh, emphasized um, enough times that, you know, we're all on the same team here, that it starts with whole foods and then it's followed by all of these lifestyle interventions. And then you just want to be thoughtful about what nutrients you might be getting enough of or where you might want to fill some holes. And that's the message that we really want to bring to the table. It's one that centers uh, in education around, you know, what we're doing to our soils, you know, what vegetables actually look like after a three week journey mm. from Ecuador. Right. And like, what is actually happening in, in our ecology and our relationship with the outer world. And I really, really am grateful for you offering this platform that we can have a, such a thoughtful conversation about it. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's something that everybody asks about what supplements do you recommend? What do you take? And you know, it, it's, it's something that I am super, super curious about. And I have found that, like I said, over the last year and a half, two years, it's something where I find myself wanting to get interested in it 
in different ways. And after finding you guys, um, you guys are doing so many things right that I am not going to get into this business. <laughs> I have no. But you will take compliments. Right? Uh, that's right. I I absolutely you know I endorsed you guys, and I um, I don't want to spend two to three years going through all the headaches and everything that you had to go through to come up with these really you know stellar products. So good on you, good on you, Matt, and and and, um, and everything that you and your team have been able to achieve in the last seven years. I know it hasn't been easy, but man, has it been worth it. Um, you know, a, uh, a visit to the Plant Strong retreat, you know, <laughs> followed by a, a healthy dose of the Plant Strong foods and a little bit of compliment and it can change some lives. So let's go. do it. Hey, will you give me a big old virtual Plant Strong fist bump on the way out? Boom. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Rip. Really appreciate it. Talk to you soon. I hope that you enjoyed this masterclass on the supplement industry from Matt Tallman. Don't forget, Matt has created an exclusive offer for all of you, offering 30% off your purchase at lovecompliment.com using the code PLANSTRONG, or you can click on the link in our show notes for today's episode. I have my own little jar of compliment on the kitchen counter and it's really it's really comforting for me having a sidekick to my lifestyle that I feel really good about. The Plant Strong podcast team includes Carrie Barrett, Lori Kordowich, and Amy Mackey. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and share the show with your friends and loved ones. You can always leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And while you're there, make sure to hit that follow button so that you never miss an episode. As always, this and every episode is dedicated to my parents, Dr. Cobble B. Esselstyn Jr. and Anne Cryo Esselstyn. Thanks so much for listening.